there, my name is Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and I'm starting a podcast on my journey through breast cancer. My goal is simple, to help explain my journey in hopes that it helps one person. If you are facing breast cancer today, all I can say is I'm sending you my love, positivity, and holding your hand. It is so scary and life-altering. And for those diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, it is forever. If you know someone going through breast cancer, I may have a few tips, but these are from my perspective. Know that every person is a unique individual and all journeys are different. Each journey is confusing at times, nonlinear, painful, but yet there's a sisterhood, a beauty, and a grace. In my own unique journey, I have found some truths, some wisdom, and tips that I will share with you. I am dedicating this entire podcast to my friend Sandy Clausen, my dear friend and pink sister. She passed away in July of 2018 after a recurrence of breast cancer, and she never gave up fighting. This entire podcast series is dedicated to her memory. Mercy, help me now. Episode 6, Snoop Bloggy Blog. Welcome back to DJ Breast Cancer. My name is Tina Conrad, and I'm a five-year breast cancer survivor. Today's episode is called Blogging is a Must, Snoop Bloggy Blog. Blogginator! Mount up. All right, all joking aside, what started out as a way to communicate my cancer journey turned into a way for me to express myself and fulfill my creative outlet. Not long after I was diagnosed, my Aunt Karen, who is also a cancer survivor, pancreatic cancer, told me that it is exhausting to fill everyone in on how you're doing. Her daughter, my cousin Andrea, set her up with a blog, and away she went. I remember religiously following her blog, and it was a perfect blend of information and inspiration. Despite her advice, I hadn't taken the time to set one up immediately. Big mistake. It was exhausting trying to remember who you texted, who you wanted to send updates to, plus going into surgery, and you're not really able to communicate when you're under the knife. I started my blog about one week after my diagnosis, after a whirlwind of doctor appointments, and never looked back. It was my outlet, my saving grace, my memory keeper, my oasis, and my unfiltered self. My first entry was called Work Family and it described the emotional and difficult experience of breaking the news of my cancer diagnosis to my immediate team and larger team. I described, it was a very emotional meeting called the soft home huddle, but I managed to get through it without losing it. I admit my voice cracked, and it's difficult to say I have cancer. My boss, Chris, kicked it off and stated how work really is a family, and there are some things that are more important than work. I ended the blog post stating, I know from today that I can speak from the heart, that I can encourage others to talk about their adversity, even in the face of my own. 
I blog nearly every day for a year, and then more sporadically afterwards. I posted topics such as the last weekend of freedom, YOLO, D-Day, as in my surgery, orange jello, mastectomy must-haves, Dr. Whirlwind, Two Worlds, Wiggin' Out, Queasy Street, and on and on. One of my blog posts was named Support and Hope, right on the eve of my surgery. This was from September 1st, 2013. Here's my weekly deep thoughts by Jack Handy. I used to love those random Saturday Night Live thoughts, and I find myself getting philosophical these days. First, I just want to say that support comes in many ways. It is inspiring. It is what keeps me going. It can be big or little. It's the phone calls from my brother and friends to see how I'm doing. It's the Hallmark collection of cards I have from relatives and friends. It's the weekly emails from my cousin's husband, Scott, who I'm affectionately named Dr. Humor, to lift my spirits. It's flowers, it's bracelets, it's displays of pink bracelets by my husband and co-workers. When you have support, you have hope. My in-laws, Carol and Bill, are the kind of in-laws you truly hope for. They are supportive, they are genuine, they are real, and truly care. Yesterday, Carol loaded me up with pajamas to wear after the surgery, medicine, and items for the hospital. I must admit, I never stayed at a hospital overnight, never packed an overnight bag for a surgery that will leave me scarred internally and externally. But with her support, I feel more and more prepared. Today at church, there was a message about hope. It's about living in the present, but believing in the future. That's how I feel at these crossroads. I have belief that I will get through this. I have hope. I have support. One song they played was, I won't worry about tomorrow as I'm giving you my fears and sorrow. That's all I can do as I look forward to this week. I can't worry about packing my bag. I can't worry about how I will look after the surgery. I can't worry about the upcoming chemo. I can't worry about the lymph nodes. I can't worry about balancing work pressures and my battle. I have to rely on the support of my loved ones and God to see me through. I remember this like yesterday. In a day it was really bad, crying when I saw myself for the first time after surgery. I had written that poem, Tears in the Shower, and shared it with John when he came home from work. I asked him if I thought, if he thought I should publish it on my blog with tears in my eyes. You have to understand that my husband is very private, very protective of me, but yet very supportive and loving. With only a minute to gather his thoughts, he told me I needed to put it on my blog. He understood that I needed to be real and authentic and not sugarcoat my experience with cancer. It was actually a very freeing conversation, one that allowed me to be 100% myself in my journey and tell my truth. From that moment, I did not second guess or hold back. I told the truth. Good or bad, right or wrong, sad or happy, I told it all. Well, maybe not everything, but I did speak my truth. Since we were on the topic of communication, I thought I could fill you in on what I found best in terms of support from others. Obviously, seeing a person is best, but with a weakened immune system and family that lived two states away, I definitely cherished the simple texts that basically said, hey, how are you doing? Thinking of you today. I loved the phone calls from my brother each and every week just to see how I was doing. I received many gifts of flowers, bracelets, and packages from others, but the gifts of the heart 
were the ones that I remember most. My brother gave me a pink baseball tee from the Detroit Tigers pink out game, just in time for the 2013 MLB playoffs, and I wore it with pride. My Aunt Karen, the same one who told me about blogging, sent along a homemade lasagna with my cousins Andrea and Joey, who came to visit me, and it was delish. This is the same aunt who also went through cancer and knew the appreciation of a home-cooked meal and just how nice it was to throw something in the oven after a long day and not have to think about planning a meal. My cousin Tracy handed me a beautiful pink and black stocking cap with a pink ribbon on it. Speaking of gifts, there were those that gave their gift of time. Nothing compares to the gift of being a friend, like my best friend Jessica, who came and stayed with me after my surgery, or my cousin Dawn, who drove my mom and brought my beautiful goddaughter Ava to help keep me company after my first chemo, or my in-laws, Bill and Carol, who sat with my husband at my surgery and drove me to many of my chemo appointments, or my friend Pat, who drove me in the middle of winter to many of my chemo appointments, or my mom, who came for a week after my surgery and even helped my husband take down a hornet's nest in our yard, or my friend Natalie, that came to my chemo appointments and made it somehow feel like we were just hanging out, or my friend Sandy, whom this podcast is dedicated to, it took me to many chemo appointments as well. It takes a village of friends and family to help a cancer patient through their journey. The advice I always give others is don't ask, what can I do? But rather, I'm going to do this for you. What time or day works best? This can be bringing over a meal, taking you to a doctor or a chemo appointment. Sending packages and cards are heartfelt too. But putting yourself in the front lines is truly what a cancer patient needs. I had enough bracelets to start a boutique counter, but in the middle of a polar vortex, I had to rely on friends Pat and Sandy to take me to cancer treatments for that week. Thankfully, I have so many good stories of friendship, more good than bad, but there are still the ones that definitely soured some friendships, those that I had higher hopes for, those that I expected more of. I can admit now that maybe I had different expectations for different people, and maybe that wasn't fair. But the last thing you want to feel when you're going through cancer is that you are a ghost, that you don't exist, and that what you have is contagious. I learned a lot about empathy and loving others in difficult times and putting others first. The golden rule sums it up. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If you were fighting cancer head-on, would you want a lasagna for tomorrow's dinner with a handwritten note that says, I love you? Or would you, want a ra- or would you want radio silence? If I learned anything from cancer, it is truly that our time on earth is limited and tomorrow is not a guarantee. And above all else, just love. Tell others you love them and show others that you love them. Cancer is a difficult transition. One foot in the past the person you once were, and yet one foot in the now, this new and unknown cancer world. Here's a short story that I wrote about these two worlds early in my diagnosis, called When Two Worlds Collide. My old world was great, happy, full of color. I had the man I had waited for all my life. I had the job I had worked so hard to get. I had a beautiful home, a wonderful family, and I thought I had my health. I focus more on material possessions, my precancer world. 
My other world was created on August 5th when the doctor confirmed my cancer. A whole new world, one with doctor appointment after appointment, one with worry and sadness, therapy, chemotherapy, radiation. The one where you question your health, what makes you truly happy, how you want to live the rest of your life, knowing it's finite. Work matters less, people matter more, my post-cancer world. These worlds collide, they intersect, and what is in the middle is a bit of both worlds. It is the strength and motivation you wake up with each day to live each day with purpose. It is the positive energy you bring to work and cancer. It's the passion you fight with, tooth and nail. It's difficult living with one foot in each world. You feel like you don't truly belong in either. The cancer world still feels like a nightmare that you will wake up from. Your pre-cancer world feels make-believe, plastic, fake. I know after my treatment, my cancer world will be there in the rear view mirror, mirror, a constant reminder. But with each passing day and every celebration of my birthday, I will inch closer and closer to my old world. I just hope to make my circle bigger and more meaningful in the process. I have the link to my Caring Bridge blog that I maintained on the website under episode 6 notes. Many other survivors diagnosed after me read my blog since cancer is such an unknown and to face it together is courage and power. I also want to confide in you that what started as a blog later fueled my creative outlet. It became my platform of inspiration, life after cancer, and the need to share my story. I know that my story is like millions of others that have faced cancer. I just hope that I am able to put those feelings, that emotion, into words that others can understand. DJ Breast Cancer is a podcast, which is the next phase of that blog. It's a way to connect with others and tell my story. My Tina tip for this episode is, if you are going through cancer or a life-changing event, start a blog. It's easy with caringbridge.org or with any other blogging site. It allows one centralized location for everyone to know how you're doing. You can maintain one form of communication and not waste a lot of time and energy trying to fill everyone in. I basically told my friends and coworkers, if you want to know how I'm doing today, go to my blog. I didn't have the energy to maintain all the forms of social media, email threads, texts, etc. It was my one-stop shop where everyone could see how I was doing and what was coming up next. Thank you for your time today. This is Tina Conrad with DJ Breast Cancer. Next up is Tightrope. Please, please subscribe and leave me a review. Let me know if there's any other topics you want discussed in the future. You can find my website at www.djbreastcancer.org. Please feel free to visit for show notes, additional photos, and links. Thank you.